This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. And I would like to welcome you to One Month to a Better Board. In this month of February 2017, I'm going to go through and do a series of podcasts talking about making your board more effective. I'm going to start out with the legal requirements that a board has around compliance, move into why a board needs a compliance committee and compliance expertise at the board. I'm going to talk about how the CCO should report to the board and questions that a board compliance committee should ask of a CCO. We're going to take a look at some government guidance and business experience around compliance in the board. We're going to talk about some board failures. We're going to talk about how boards do investigations. We're going to look at boards and internal controls. I'm going to end with a series of specific questions that a board should ask of its chief compliance officer. And on my final day, I'll detail 20 questions that every board should ask of its chief compliance officer. Each day, I will give you a short 10-minute or so podcast with three key takeaways for that day. And I will accompany each podcast with text that you can use. The 20 questions that I referenced will be provided on the final day of February. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on this journey to one month to a more effective board. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to day six of one month to a better board. Today, areas of inquiry down from a board and reporting up to a board. So where does tone at the top starts? start? Well, with any public or private company in the United States, it starts with the board of directors. But what's the role of a company's board in compliance? I want to explore some of those areas, or questions rather, by looking at areas of inquiry and areas of reporting. In a paper entitled Risk Intelligence Governance, a Practical Guide for Boards, the firm of Deloitte & Touche laid out six general principles to help boards in the area of risk governments. And I think these all are very applicable in the compliance arena. One, define the board's role. There must be a mutual understanding between the board, the CEO, and senior management on the board's responsibilities around compliance. Number two, Foster a culture of risk management so that all stakeholders understand that the risks involved, they're appropriately assessed and managed accordingly. Number three, incorporate risk management directly into your business strategy. Oversee the design and implementation of a risk forecasting, risk assessment, risk monitoring, risk evaluation, risk analysis, and risk remediation as appropriate. Number four, help define the company's appetite for risk. All stakeholders need to understand the company's appetite or lack thereof for risk. In the world of FCPA, it's very simple. We don't pay bribes. We don't engage in violations of the FCPA, and indeed, we don't engage in unethical conduct. But that has to be defined by the board and the initial communication has to be down from the board. Number five, how to execute the risk management process. 
The risk management process maintains an approach that is continually monitored and has continual accountability. And finally, number six, how to benchmark and evaluate process. Systems and internal controls need to be installed, which allow for the evaluation and modifying of the risk management process as more information becomes available or facts or assumptions change. I think you can clearly see that all of these factors can be easily adapted into an anti-corruption compliance and ethics risk management oversight program, particularly from a compliance committee at the board. Initially, it's important that the board receive direct access to such information on a company's policies on these issues. The board must have quarterly or semi-annual reports, and I'm going to get into that in a little more detail in a moment, from the chief compliance officer to the compliance committee. Certainly a compliance committee is an appropriate avenue for such information to come up to the board. The board's oversight role should be to receive such regular reports on the structure of the company's compliance program, its actions, and self-evaluations. From this information, a board can give oversight to any modification to managing anti-corruption compliance risks that need to be implemented. There is another issue regarding board risk management, including anti-corruption risk management, which should be noted. It appears that the Securities and Exchange Commission desires boards to take a more active role in overseeing the management of risk within a company. The SEC has promulgated Reg SK 407, under which each company must make a disclosure regarding the board's role in risk oversight, which may enable investors to better evaluate whether the board is exercising an appropriate level of oversight of risk. If this disclosure is not made, it could certainly lead to a securities law violation and subject the company to penalties, fines, or profit disgorgement. But let's take a look at it now from the other side, the chief compliance officer reporting up to the board. So what are some of the best practices? Well, a chief compliance officer obviously needs the support of the compliance committee, and the relationship between the CCO and the compliance committee sends an important message to senior management and indeed the entire company on the importance of ethics and compliance. CCO reporting to the compliance committee should be structured carefully to promote ethics and compliance. So it starts with quarterly reports. The CCO should report in person to the compliance committee every quarter. If the CCO submits a written report and does not appear personally before the committee, the failure to appear before the committee reflects a defective relationship. The quarterly report is critical for both CCO and the compliance committee to hear about compliance performances and challenges. The CCO should be ready with a robust report on the compliance program, including real and tangible measurements covering culture, major risks, internal investigations, compliance audits, and other relevant topics. Too many board reports are just simply riddled with happy talk, meaning a rosy picture of performance and future risks. A chief compliance officer needs to be frank and honest with the board. Directors appreciate that honesty and feel they can make a more valuable contribution by addressing the problems raised. Executive sessions. Every quarterly report should be concluded with an executive session where the chief compliance officer and the compliance committee can have a frank discussion on potential issues. 
It's a valuable opportunity to raise important issues. An executive session demonstrates the chief compliance officer is independent and empowered within the organization and reinforces the CCO's direct access to, to the board through the compliance committee. Next, sitting in on other reports. A CCO should sit in the committee meeting where other important reports are made to the compliance committee. Now, there may be uh, no other reports made to a compliance committee, but if a CCO reports to an audit committee, there will certainly be other reports. So, for example, a chief compliance officer should attend presentations by the head of internal auditing, the general counsel, or the CFO. The chief compliance officer has a macro view of the company and needs to be informed as to issues in other areas that may have significant and, indeed, compliance implications. The general counsel and internal audit may sit in on the chief compliance officer reports but should not be present for the CCO's executive session. Conversely, the CCO should not attend the executive sessions of the internal auditor, the general counsel, or the CFO. Informal relationships. A CCO should actively maintain an ongoing informal relationship with the chairman of the compliance committee. A CCO has the ability, should have the ability to pick up the phone and call the chair to discuss issues as they may arise. A weekly meeting for coffee or a meal or even a telephone call or con call is important to develop and maintain that relationship. And finally, annual reports to the board. A CCO should report to the full board once a year. The compliance committee quarterly reports are important, but the full board needs to hear about the challenges and risks facing the company, as well as improvements needed for the ethics and compliance program. So what are the three key takeaways from today? Well, number one, a board, neither a board nor a compliance committee engages in management of compliance, but indeed oversight of compliance. To fully fulfill this role, they need information. And that information comes from the next point, which are the types of reports to from the chief compliance officer up to the board. Do not forget any of these and use them all going forward. And finally, a board can assist a company by make in making money by giving oversight to risk management. This may sound counterintuitive because you're taking a harder look at risk management, but I would invite you to consider what is the reason you have brakes on a car? The reason you have brakes on a car is not to slow down, but so you can drive fast. If you have appropriately assessed, monitored your risk for driving fast, then you can manage that risk more appropriately if you have a better set of brakes. So compliance committee oversight is not designed to slow you down. It's designed to allow you to manage risk more effectively. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed day six and that you will join me tomorrow for day seven of one month to a better board. This is Tom Fox. Thank you for joining for today's episode of 30 Days to a Better Board. This series is based on my seminal work, Doing Compliance, Design, Create, and Implement an Effective Compliance Program. It's available from Compliance Week, and you can check it out on their website, complianceweek.com. I hope you will join me tomorrow for another episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.